This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> Dad is dead. There is a dog. You bought strawberries. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You buy homemade bread? What are you, QAnon? <laughs> what makes him happy? Uh, Not being in this movie? Not being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kirk Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. So, for me, it is... I love this, this... Okay, go ahead, Les. <laughs> oh, oh, so I'm gonna say it's, it's no, because I know so what's for, going on. Les so is keeping me, his voice down a little bit. His voice down a little bit, which means there's people nearby. It also looks like you've broken into a museum. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's one twenty a.m. and I am in Bristol. I'm in the United Kingdom in Bristol, my husband's hometown, and I am in the lobby of a Marriott. <laughs> well, you're and, in the lobby of the hotel. Yeah, but it's since it's like one twenty in the morning. Other than the the um, the people who work here, I'm the only one down here, and <laughs> and there's music. I don't know if you could hear it, but there's faint music being piped in through speakers. We, we may hear that once the theme song fades out, but right now I don't. Oh, hear I thought it. that I thought that was the music they were. Playing. That's exciting. That's like, oh, oh, did you think that they were huge fans right. of the no, podcast there? Actually, They're just playing our song. And, and, and I'm sitting in front of a picture of someone that looks kind of like Napoleon. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, look, yeah. So, so, yeah. So I've been, so I've been traveling for about a week now. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. And I've been literally having like a Hallmark movie Christmas. <laughs> Some of the photos you sent were really amazing. There's a lot of Christmas fairs that it seems that you're going to. Yes. So I was, so we started off the, the trip, my husband's best friend from university, he and his husband, they have opened a bed and breakfast outside of Bergerac. Bergerac in France, and when Wait, I say Bergerac, that that, isn't, isn't he the host of Dancing with the Stars? Oh, that's Tom Bergeron. And Tom has oh, hosted but, for a while. But you may have heard, but you all may have heard of Bergerac, because you know Bergerac, Cyrano de Bergerac, mm -hmm. it's that Bergerac. So there were statues of Cyrano, I like Cyrano all over this town. Why weren't you, why aren't you staying there now? because so part two of the hallmark movie christmas so i didn't know if um i've said this on the show before but so my husband is from the uk and so my husband um uh was brought up by his birth mother and his stepfather who has okay. who brought him up since he was three years old okay. so a few years ago my father-in-law passed away and so after my father-in-law passed away my husband all of a sudden got the urge to find his biological father okay and so with the help of uh, facebook ancestry.com and my snooping superpowers we found him 
Wow. And he had already, his, his father had, his birth father had already passed away, but my husband discovered that he is the oldest of three brothers. And so part of the reason why we are here is we are meeting some of my husband's birth family starting tomorrow. That's cool. That's really cool. So he's the oldest of three. So um, from the dad that brought him up, he has uh, he has a, a brother. So on this side, he has three younger brothers, and the brothers all have families of their own. So we're going to be meeting a lot of people in the next few days. Hey, huh? <laughs> um, you're staying in a nice, nice hotel. Hotel also they had mince pies I see. So hotel got mince pies for you. So as I don't know if you all are aware of this or not, but uh, the UK is in the middle of a recession right now. So our American dollar allows us to stay in nicer hotels yeah. than we normally <laughs> stay in. Not good. So we are staying in a very nice hotel right now. Nice. Nice. Go out there. Actually, you should. Actually, both of you should. I tell you what, Jason, the men in France are like walking pheromones. See, I find them all very good looking, but I can't with the smoking. So much smoking. (gasps) A lot of smoking. Yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of smoking. Like, I felt like I was in the 80s all over again. Just people standing outside, just smoking, 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 and actually making it look kind of cool. I was just thinking about that. I I never smoked cigarettes, and I never would, but I think I would love it. I think I would love to smoke a cigarette. Why do you think you would love it? What what is it about that? I love – I just think I would enjoy – because I love – coffee like i love coffee but i kind of stopped coffee i'm on decaf coffee okay and then i heard some people they drink coffee and they smoke at the same time i was like i probably would just love that it would be too much well i think it's the i think what people love about both those beyond the the um addictive uh things that are in them it's the the routine of it there's something about the feeling of taking that first sip and enjoying it I, i would imagine of taking that first drag there's just something that gives us a little dopamine dopamine hit when that happens well that's the thing and as much as i because i love sugar as you guys know and i love caffeine if i started smoking i don't think i'd ever stop but but here's the deal maybe, maybe i would but I'd here's the it. deal though unlike yeah. coffee you can kind of make coffee taste however you want so if you like yeah. sweet coffee you can make it taste sweet if you like milky coffee, you can make it milky. And so when you take your first sip of coffee, a, your sip of coffee actually tastes good as opposed to watching someone smoke a cigarette and then actually smoking the cigarette yourself are two different yeah. things. Maybe I would. Because smell good. cigarettes don't taste good. Right. Well, they do right. to like, people that like them. I guess, but then I know people. Yeah, I know people who smoke who also say that it doesn't taste good either. You just get used to it. Uh, maybe I wouldn't. I mean, I would never smoke because I know it's it's a. I mean, health wise, it's it's a disaster. Oh um, yeah, 
I have smoked cigars, but that's that oh, I have too. There we go. Yeah. That smell grosses me out. I'll stick with that. Maybe I wouldn't like smoke cigarettes. I don't want to encourage people to smoke because it, it is a real disaster. Well, though, I mean, Kurt, I think that if people are listening to this podcast, they're probably a certain age and have passed the smoking phase of their lives. I think so. I think we've got some young whippersnappers out there. I hope we do. They're just vaping. True. <laughs> We're saying True. whippersnapper, really? Yeah. Ooh, and a lot of vaping. There was a lot of vaping, too. Vaping, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of vaping. Mm-hmm. Like a vaping. lot. Yeah. The, the thing that did get me about the smoking, though, was, and I and I wasn't judging it, because like I said, it, they, it was actually looking pretty cool, but it was cold, and it was really cold, and people were all, like, huddled outside smoking because they weren't allowed to smoke inside. So I was like, wow, you want to smoke that badly that you're going to freeze your ass off to smoke a it's cigarette? It's a social thing. Yeah, well. It's a social thing, but it's an addiction coffee. thing, too. Yeah. Well, you got to have it. Well, yeah. Because isn't smoking, isn't it cigarettes, sugar, and cheese, aren't those, like, the three most addictive things? Cheese? cheese. I heard cheese is pretty. Didn't because I was reading somewhere where someone was saying that cheese was Still just as addictive as heroin. <laughs> that might have been like a a hot take that might not actually be backed by science. I could be wrong about this, but that that doesn't seem like something <laughs> that I've ever heard studied. Well, I usually meet I mean, up with my. Dealer in the back of the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, please. I do, I do high-quality Ch- cheese. Come on, Chuck. Give me the good breed. That's as addictive as heroin. <laughs> I, seriously. Google this, it. This warrants a Google search. All right, yes. Google it. it Should it, I do it? I'm yes. going to create a little jingle for us for any time we stop the showdown to look up information <laughs> on Google that our audience could easily do on their own. Is cheese right. addictive? Oh, it just came up. Yes. Yeah, is cheese? Che- <laughs> well, there's a bunch of things here. Is cheese addictive as drugs? Is adding cheese to to ramen good? <laughs> is cheese addictive Ew. to dogs? Is cheese addiction a thing? Let's just look at this. Cheese addictive. Hmm. Cheese may. Okay. This is from healthline.com. Cheese may be mildly addictive due to its protein casein. Yeah. Yes. Which your body casein. breaks down into casomorphins. These compounds attached to dopamine, dot, dot, dot. Casein is actually uh, an ingredient thing that can help you. It's either build muscle so you lose fat or just help you burn fat. Okay. Wow, I didn't know cheese was addictive. Well, it hasn't hooked me. Yep. Well, and, and I, I, I also don't fat. think that we have a definitive answer that it is a, one of the most addictive things because this article is saying it could be mildly addictive. Okay. Watch out, kids. D- stay away from cigarettes and cheese. And those cheese puffs and, the, and, the, and that pizza. Brush your teeth. And, and if you're going to eat pizza, eat quality pizza. Do not eat. Yeah. Well, we can't get in trouble. I was, about, I was about to bash a pizza bread. Well, I wasn't going to bash it. I was just going to say if you're going to eat, if you're going to eat pizza, don't waste your money on Little Caesars. Come on. Have just respect for have, yourself. Like, eat whatever you want. I don't care. Little Caesars is not good pizza, though. Fine. Eat, it, eat, it, go eat the crappy stuff so there's more good stuff for us. True. True. Well, I, and I guess I better get started, you know, because it is, for me, like 1.30 in the morning. So, 
before we get started, you know who likes to stay out until 1.30 in the morning. I'm almost positive. Do you have any black China news? Doing sure a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Oh, yes. I do have some. Wait, I, I just, I lost the headline. What happened to it? By the way, this is from the dailymail.com. I lost the headline, got blocked. All right, well, anyway, let me just read the article here. Um, so, reality star Black China. Oh, oh, here it is. Okay, it came up. Okay, I lost it again. Oh, here it is. What's going Tis on with you and technology today? <laughs> Sorry, is this you lost the movie. Good. You're losing the headline of the Black China Amazon. story. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't get the movie you know, earlier, so there's a rush. Some Amazon uh, ad came up. I had this before. Ah oh, man. I'm sorry, audience. Look, I'll just read the article. Okay. All right, here we go. Reality. Oh, okay. Tis the season to be sexy. That's how the, oh. the headline begins. Um, reality star Black China. What was that? Okay. All right. Reality star Black China put a sexy spin on Christmas while posing for a sultry video in tiny in a tiny white thong with a big red bow on the back between two <laughs> holiday nutcrackers. In footage uploaded to her Instagram on Monday, the 34-year-old model, born Angela Renee White, looked sensually over her shoulder as she showcased her toned figure in her festive ensemble. As she knelt down next to the white sleigh and reindeer decoration, the mother of two smiled at the camera while adjusting her top, which was made of just ribbon. The mom of two, who was engaged to Rob Kardashian in 2016 until the end of their tumultuous relationship the next year, (laughs) also rocketed red stiletto heels and a pink wig. Her expensive tattoo collection was on full display, including a giant phoenix (laughs) on her back and colorful floral designs down her side. In November, her former fiancé's famous family celebrated winning their five-year legal battle against her. Um... Okay, I gotta scroll down. Uh, China had alleged that the family defamed her and pressured E to cancel their Robin China series, <laughs> though a jury disagreed, giving the Kardashians a huge victory. After years of delays, the trial began in April 2022, but it didn't last long, with the jury finding on May 2nd, 2022, that the Kardashians were not guilty of defaming China, who shares her six-year-old daughter dream with Rob Kardashian. The jury found the Kardashians did not defame her and owe her no damages whatsoever, with Black China seeking $100 million in her lawsuit. Why? And there's more, but that's situation things we've we've already covered. Well, yes. I, I'm just I want to know because if you think about it, there they they the story starts out and it's new information. It's Black China posing yeah. in in the red bow, blah blah blah. But why do they need to still tie her to Rob Kardashian? Their marriage was well, seven, eight years ago. Well, it looks like even from the beginning of the article, I get the feeling that this person is getting paid by the word uh well yeah i'm I'm sure but it it just it seems like if 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 i walked into a room and they introduced me as oh this is jason he used to date this guy six years ago like what i would feel like i don't want to talk about that guy i don't care about that guy we're clearly not together for a reason let's move on to the present much like the movie and he has a, an yeah. expansive tattoo collection. Yeah, and they, they do show the photo, as they should. Of her tattoos? Uh, yeah, let's see. There's a, yeah, it's a photo of her. It looks like, it doesn't look like a, yeah, it's her, her, her tattoos are on full display. She's between the two nutcrackers. It doesn't look like a professional picture. It just looks like something somebody took. 
You know what I was happy about, though, with this article? I was happy that they didn't mention, like, you know, Black China picked up a car and beat Rob Kardashian with it. Well, she threw him in a wood chipper. Right, because, you know, it's, yeah. remember, it, it like, started out as, like, this Argo. little wire, and every time we hear that part, it, like, grows and grows and grows and grows it's and grows and grows. It's violent every time. Every time. Well. There was more to this article, but it was Oh, there's more? Oh, there was more? Well, we've heard it before. It's, it's, okay. it's yeah, there, there was no art. It was basically, like, a head. Oh. My lights just went Is that a ghost? That was super weird. So one Wait, of the, I've got one, two, three, I've got five lights on in my room and one of them went off and on by itself. Is it a ghost? Maybe. We are talking about ghosts today. Perhaps. Oh. Yeah, you know. Switch the light on and off, I don't know. You know, we are, we are going to be talking about two, two of famous, uh, two of Hallmark's favorite topics. I did say Christmas and dead people. I did say in a previous episode, I don't have time for ghosts. Well, I'm holding steady on that. (laughs) I forgot that you said that. I forgot that you said that. Was that the, um, remember that? Was that the, the Gene Smartin, uh, Candace Cameron Bure movie? Whatever it was, I remember I got very, I was, I was quite emphatic. (gasps) I I don't have time. For ghosts. Oh, before we before we get into this movie, Queen Lacey Chabert clapped back. Yeah, she on sure did. Candace Cameron Bure. I and it was, she clapped I back. wouldn't call it a clap back. She basically clap back. was asked about it, and she had to answer the question in a diplomatic way that defended Hallmark, uh, which in but by doing so shades Candace, but. She, she danced around the answer. Oh, well, Kurt, so first of all, we need to explain to Kurt what a clapback is. <laughs> well, Kurt I knows a what a clapback is. I just got some penicillin and I'm clear. Was it, so, so you've had it multiple know. times, Kurt? Never mind. What? You got, you got your clapback. didn't back. hear it. And now I regret that you did. So, no, you I, I you realize we're recording this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I, I, I people... Uh, like people who are hiring me for things are, are, are looking into what I'm up to and hearing this kind of thing also, but that's okay. And a clapback is basically a response. It's a response. Oh, okay. Something someone said. Okay. That's simple. And I want to, and then, or, or to be more specific, it's a response to some, to something that someone said that was not so nice a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Or at least that that person perceived is not so nice. Right. That's what I figured. Right. But, but I think that, you know, I think that Lacey is just a diplomatic person as well. well I yeah. get that feeling. She, I, I'm sure that she genuinely is in real life. But imagine she's a producer and a big employee of the network. So I'm sure she's been media trained knowing that she's going to be asked this question because the media is trying to create this narrative that, uh, that, you know, Candace is somehow propping up this other network. Mm-hmm. So, but her answer was good though. It was. Her answer was like, you know, we, we have new management and we are going with the times and we include everyone. 
Yeah, and her answer was essentially, I've always felt that the Hallmark brand is just we lead with love. And it's like, oh, that's a good spin, Hallmark. Good spin. And then she's like, and that's what my father, the creator of Toaster Strudels. <laughs> Wait, who created? That's a Mean Girls reference, Kurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> because in Mean Girls, her character's father was the, cre- was the creator of Toaster Strudels. Oh, okay. And she never shut up about it. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so yeah, this movie goes up. So I, so I totally found this movie by accident and ended up staying, ended up staying up until like four in the morning finishing it. And so this is before the, you left for your trip, right? Yeah, well, what happened is one of the movies that we watched, I was recording it. And so I, I watch my movies on Sling TV. So sometimes on Sling TV, if you're finishing up one movie, you have like a little lag time. So let's say you have a movie, it's like done for the first five minutes or so, you kind of have the option to watch the other movie. And if you don't turn the channel in that five minutes, the movie will just continue. Yeah. So I, so I caught like the first five, I was just checking to see if the movie recorded. It literally was at the beginning of this movie and you guys have seen the opening scene. So I literally was like, what the fuck is this? Cause they jump <laughs> right into it too. I was like, what is this? I got sucked right in. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and this turned out to be one of my favorite movies this year. It was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's called Ghosts of Christmas Always. Clearly a play on the whole Scrooge thing. Uh, it's a Hallmark one, obviously. And, and also, so I watched this like two weeks ago. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that my memory can be a little shoddy. So, <laughs> so since... You two have watched it more recently than I have. I will let you two take the lead and oh boy. just chime on in because I do have opinions. Okay. Right. I took okay notes. I didn't take this. I only have about this, three and a half pages here. I, this, I do, something. Th- there's a lot that happens in this movie too because it's, it's, uh, it does not – even remotely follow the regular Hallmark pattern of things. It doesn't do a lot of the Hallmark tropes. Uh, it's and they're jumping around in time. There's people that are dead. There's people that are alive. So it, there was a lot of exposition in this movie. This is um. And by the way, Hallmark. Yes. You know what sucked me into this movie the most? was the very beginning because something happened that we had recently talked about that you two hate. <laughs> Not singing the song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Character I didn't see that. Song. Oh, that song was fucking terrible. Song. That's the, like legitimately the only thing I didn't like about this movie was that fucking song. But they didn't harp on that? it, though. They did it. And they it was returned done. to it at the end of the movie, though, too. True. Did I watch the same movie? I don't remember seeing a song. The one of the characters you find out that she's a singer. Oh yeah, yeah, like a pop singer, like a famous singer in the the world of the movie. Oh, she sings at the Christmas parties. Are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 
No, I don't necessarily hate that because at least it makes sense in the scene. I don't like it when all of a sudden there's yes. singing and to dancing and it's not a musical you know what i'm talking about yeah, the first yeah. because you, yeah, you got your little christmas message i sent you too right mm-hmm. yeah we got a scene from the first wives club of, uh, <laughs> of them doing it. you I, don't I, I know i didn't have me. a problem with the fact that there was singing or a song in this movie i just had a problem with the fact that the song was truly terrible it was terrible and, oh, okay. and, and i would have been on the same page as kurt if they broke out in song and it wasn't justified in the scene but i think with this movie i think that? it purposefully it was supposed to be terrible on purpose though i kind of got that feel i don't think i i completely disagree with that Okay. <laughs> I just, th- I just well, think in the, in the world of, of this movie, somebody was like, "Well, we got the rights to this song. Let's use it." Well, this is this is Hallmark's answer to uh, uh, everything. What was that movie called? Everything, everywhere at once. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so she was like Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> no, it's just the movie was like just in the way that it sort of jumps around a lot through time. Oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things before we get started that I loved is when it got to the explanation of why the person who was a ghost was a ghost. It could have, I was like a little touch and go for a minute because I was like, okay, this is either going to be good or dumb. And it was good. Yeah. I, 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 got a whole other I, I will also say there is a, a pretty big twist in this movie that I figured out very early on. All right, well, let's get started. All right. Do, do you want to lead, Kurt, or do you want me to? Uh, I could give it a shot. I don't uh, – my notes might not be great, so we, we can do it together. Okay. So I have it – so I have in the beginning um, three people are talking to a woman. So this is and that the three. singer. Oh, the three – one of them is Reginald um, – what's his name from uh, – Bill Johnson Family from Matters. Family Matters. Yeah. It was? He was the dad from yeah. Family Matters. That was yeah. Reginald Vell Johnson? I didn't even notice that. He's yeah. also in Die Hard. Yeah, because he didn't have a beard. Die Hard, Crocodile Dundee. Good day, mate. Yeah. He was yeah. in that. And then that little Asian woman. Now, I've seen her in something before. Orange is the New Black. Oh, really? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw her in that then a while back. Yeah, she's she's very memorable. And her, and I love her hair. I always like her, love her hair. Yeah. She has a cool haircut. I don't, I don't know the actress's name offhand. And then the third well, actress have... was Hope from The Bull and the Beautiful. Oh, well, she was very okay. Good. She was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. This so opening have... scene right out of the gate, it was a little confusing because there's all these people talking, and they, and again, Hallmark normally has a little bit of an on ramp to getting to l- learn like who the people are to each other, and we were dropped right into they were already doing their job. For the movie. 2023, yeah. people. It's a new Hallmark. <laughs> you like are, are your notes better? I, they you know they might be, yeah. Than mine? So yeah, on the screen, we, we see it's yeah. last Christmas, meaning uh, from the present day of 2022, uh, it's, it's last Christmas, 2021. And at first I was like, is this a sequel? But it wasn't. We're just just jumping back in time. And we see that we meet the ghost of Christmas present, which is Catherine, who's the the main character in the movie. And then we have Arlene, the the Asian woman who is my favorite character in this movie. Uh, She's the ghost (laughs) of Christmas present. And then uh, Reginald Vell Johnson as Roy, the ghost of Christmas future. And they're there to Scrooge. 
uh, Susan Crane. And we don't, I, we don't know much about her. I didn't figure out in this scene that she was a famous singer, but she ends up being a famous singer in the world of the movie later on. Um, they But they basically get her to get the Christmas spirit again, and they're done with their scrooging. And uh, after they're done with her magic, Arlene declares that she wants a drink, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. We should... We, they need to use her some more. I, I, I need to see her in some other things. Yeah. But she's she just... She the new Jack Hay. You, she doesn't even really need that much to work with. If you just put her in something, she's fun. Yeah. That's a good yeah. character actress right there is that you, you give them a, a little part and they, they make a meal out of it. She was great. Yeah. But I also think this movie, by having those two sidekicks in a sense, you, you get uh, you get a richer world because, you know, normally the, the best friend or whatever doesn't get a lot to do in these movies. So the fact that they had, they had you know, like really good actors in the roles, they, they gave more to do. Because it was, Catherine was definitely like the straight man. You know, she was, and they like she was like the straight man, and they basically kind of like enhanced her performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, so, oh, go ahead, Kurt. Oh no, I was gonna say after that, Catherine kind of wanders off, and she she goes into the Rudy Tootie. Yeah. Well, we learned that the, this all took place in Hartford. This first scene, and we learned that Catherine is from Hartford as well. And so she goes into this bar that she used to go in when she was alive, uh, but it's like all shut down now. It's abandoned. And right. And in walks this guy, hot, hot guy uh, named Peter. And the you're you're not supposed to be able to see the ghost unless you're the the uh, the victim like uh, like uh, Susan was, but this guy can see her, and so she's surprised. They have a little conversation, and she realizes like I probably shouldn't be talking to this guy, so she gets out of there. Right, and my first thought was, okay, how are they? She's a ghost. How are they gonna hook up? That was my first thought. <laughs> Because I was like, he can see her, so we know where this is going. I, I actually, How is this going to happen? I thought it might be a Sixth Sense scenario where, like, he doesn't know he's dead yet. Right. Hmm. But that wasn't the case. I didn't give it much thought. Um, and But in, in their little conversation, we find out that his family owns, like, the entire block. They own this. And, and he was out there, like, handing out food to the homeless. Um and so then we cut to this, like, they call it the Great Hall, and it's all of the other ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future all kind of milling around and coming back from their missions. And uh, Arlene lets it be known that she had one martini for herself and another one for Catherine because Catherine didn't go with her. Yeah. I just love that we, Arlene is proudly a drunk. And then we find out that, like, the whole ghost of Christmas present, past, and future. It's like a whole corporation. Yeah. yeah. It was. It reminded me a little bit of on, uh, if you watch the show The Good Place, uh, when you see the sort of inner workings of the bad place and the office offices there, it was sort of like that. Right. Um, so right. They, they're all waiting for a, there's supposed to be uh, this person charlie that comes through that's gonna let everyone know like okay who's the next person that we're gonna, gonna try and 
save Christmas for. And Charlie shows up and they're they're all paired up with this guy, Peter Barton, who's the guy that Catherine just met that she wasn't supposed to. So right. he's the one that has supposedly lost the spirit of Christmas. Which was, you know, for me, I was like, but he seemed very nice. He seemed very pleasant, actually. Yeah. And, and that's and that's yeah. the, the whole twist is they're all like, this guy seems like there's nothing wrong with him. He seems he seems like a really good person. So yeah. what what how did it go wrong for him? Right. And, and so and it, oh, go ahead. And then is this the part where they like kind of mentioned they threw in a, a nod to Charles Dickens and Scrooge and how, how Scrooge was like one of their people? Yes. Who, no, Charles Dickens was one of their people. Yeah. They, like Charles Dickens was one of their people, and he just decided like to make yeah. money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was later on. They said that, but yeah, yeah. And so we cut to a new scene and they're about to like jump into the real world to start their work with this guy. And as uh, Catherine is walking up, uh, Roy and Arlene are there and they're kind of like commiserating and she, and then they shut up as soon as she gets there and she accuses them of, of, um, Oh, what was the word? They, I forget what word she she used, but she basically called him 50. Right. Yeah. Right. And then also, this was actually one year later. Yeah. So they had like a year, they had like a year to, I guess how it worked is they got their, they would get their assignment and then you had like a year to like fully research this person. Yeah. And then you get a week to do your work. Yeah. And it wasn't it early. It was early or something, right? Oh, they did it on the 23rd. They were saying, oh, we do, we're doing it on the 23rd because we have too many people or something like that. Now, what's a year? And where, do they, where are these people? Are they in heaven? I because guess. They, they're all ghosts. Yes. They're in the office. Time <laughs> so I don't know. So what, what's a, what, what would a year be in heaven? I don't know. Think uh, about. And, and Arlene was planning to have drinks already. I knew that. Why not? So they have... I'm going to kill you anymore. They have alcohol in heaven. Yeah, martinis. Whole new hallmark. That sounds good. Right. It's a whole, it's a new, it's 2023 hallmark. We're, we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they basically all realize, okay, we've got to go like figure out before we could do any work in, in converting him back to being lover of Christmas. We've got to figure out why, what made him a Scrooge in the first place. Cause none of us see it. Right. They, they show up at Peter's place, and uh, you've got uh, Arlene and, and Roy just standing out in the open, but Catherine's hiding behind the tree because she's worried he might recognize her from a year ago. And, of course, That's he does immediately. Yes. And he's like, wait, what the hell? And and then he figures out, wait, there's three of you. Go Wait, am I – like? He, and he gets excited about the whole, like, Scrooge of it all. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah he wasn't surprised by it, it seems, or put off by it or – I just went along with it. Right. But then again, he had like nothing to, for him, he had nothing to, nothing to, to, to atone for. Right. But he's well, just he's, like <clears throat> talking a mile a minute. And he thinks that maybe he was supposed to keep his parents together. So he's got guilt over that. So we're learning right away. Oh, his parents are divorced. Hold right. Hallmark. Mm. What does he uh, talk right. about? He says, he, he says about the, the Scrooge movies he likes. So he says, Bill Murray, so I know that's Scrooge. Carrie Fisher? He, what What was she in that was 
Christmas must Carol. have been a Christmas Carol movie with her. I don't know. I know, because I was... Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. But maybe. Maybe got this confused. Should, should we look so it up? Should yeah, we look it up? I, All right. On the, plane, on the plane to France, I watched The Muppets Christmas Carol with Michael Caine and The Muppets. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Very I was like, sure. Michael Caine will truly do anything. <laughs> well, that, that movie wasn't bad, though. No, it was good. No, actually, I enjoyed yeah. it. Wait, so this is a movie from 20... It's a TV movie from 2012. And the name of the movie... Oh, this is a Hallmark Channel reference. Oh. It's a Hallmark Channel movie from 2012 called It's Christmas, Carol. I've that heard familiar. of that movie. <laughs> I think we may have watched that. No, we've never watched it, but I've heard about the movie for sure. It's Christmas, Carol. <laughs> Yes, and so it was Carrie Fisher Carroll. I'm a, I look. You're asking me a lot of questions about things I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> she was in. It. Yeah, she is. Is she's Carol? Wait, no. As <gasps> uh, no, she's Eve. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, she's not Carol. Her name is Eve. See, that would have been a perfect vehicle for Debbie Reynolds as well. Well, maybe she's in. Let, let me look at the IMDb. Who's in it with her? Let's see. But hmm. it's probably someone young. It's probably like a young Hallmark star. Like Carrie probably did like one day of work on this thing, like like somebody I know, like like as as, as a smart wait, guy. Wait, wait, wait! This gets even what? more. Carson Kressley is in this too. Oh, oh he's, boy! He's, oh, gee, like <laughs> so stupid. We should watch this. So I know I want to watch this now. So Carrie Fisher, it's Christmas Carol, Carson Kressley. And Emmanuel, I don't know how Emmanuel to say your name. Emmanuel, yeah, Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel Vaugier, V A U G I E R. Clearly, she's the French Canadian one in the movie. Yes, of oh. course. If they filmed in Canada, you know. Yes. Emmanuel. But, oh, I would have loved it if Emmanuel Lewis was in it too. <laughs> right? Right? Webster, Webster Hall. Or no, Webster. Oh, yeah, Webster, Webster Webster Long was no Webster Hall. I think was the was the, the orphanage in Sorrel, uh, in uh, Punky Brewster. Wasn't it Webster? Was it? I think it Webster was Hall. actually. I think it was something like that. I think, but it, 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 his name is Webster Long. I think yeah, Webster. Yeah, Webster Long. Later, Webster Papadopoulos. Pap- Papadopoulos. Oh, yeah. But they, post these post these pictures of Michael Jackson's last Christmas and Carrie I, Fisher. She spent spent the Christmas with him, and she was so cheap that so she gave him her, her own book. Well, obviously they were hanging out because they kind of went out the same way. <laughs> they went out a similar way. Picture Michael Jackson reading her book. <laughs> but now that now that I think about, like you mentioned, Punky Brewster, I could see the guy that played Punky Brewster's oh. dad being like a screw, like Punky, like he could. Yeah, I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's the, the name. I didn't look this up. But I just remembered it was Fenster Hall. Fenster, Fenster Hall was yeah. an orphanage that was involved. Webster with, uh, Hall is something though from pop culture. I it's know a club that. in New York. Okay, maybe that's how I know it. Webster Hall is a club in New York. Webster or it Hall. was a club in New York. I don't know if it's still around. I think I've been there. Sounds familiar. But um, but now Cherry wasn't in the orphanage with Punky, right? Punky was just there by herself. I never watched it, really. Sherry? Cherry, yeah, her fr- Cherry, her friend, her little friend. Oh. 
remember. Did you watch the Sherry. reboot on Peacock? The what? Did you watch the reboot on Peacock? No, but I need to. And then, you know, and here's a bit of trivia. So the woman who played Cherry's mother or her grandmother mm-hmm. in real life is Marla Gibbs from 227's real life sister. Man, that was confusing, too. Okay. Well, you know. I'm going to do it no, this podcast. I do need to watch the Punky Brewster reboot, though. And, and I'll well, echo okay. what Kurt said. Do you? Well, okay, so when I get back, so I get hit really hard by jet lag. So when I go back to the States in a couple of days, I'm going to probably have insomnia for a few days. And so I will be on my list to get through insomnia. On the way here to get through my insomnia, I literally binge watched the entire season of Emily in Paris. I just feel like there are so many streaming options now, so many things to watch. Why would you waste it on watching the Punky Brewster reboot? What's that show with Bridget Everett <laughs> on HBO? That, that, that looks which, interesting. Which, you know, which you one? know what I mean? You know which who, one? You know who Bridget Everett is? No. Yes. Oh, no. I already watched that one. It's actually no really good. I, I just read something about that. Yeah. It's a good show. I watched what is it. it? What's the show? Does everybody know what it's called? Oh, Jesus. And it's because it's with her and the guy that looks like Skeletor. Um, That's flattering. And he was the guy that, did you watch, um, did you watch uh, American Horror Story this season? No. Somebody Somewhere? What's it called? Somebody Somewhere? Somebody Somewhere. It's actually, it's really good and I highly recommend it. It it showed up on like a best of uh, list for the year. And she's funny like she's really legitimately funny it's a good show okay. i've seen her live actually really years ago yeah uh, but no it, that's that's a good show worth watching but but you know so so on the way back i'm you know i i made the mistake of binge watching emily in paris already which was supposed to be my get over jet lag after new year's eve on the way back show but now i've got like i'm hurting for things to watch so punky brewster might watch, have to just instead be of it. watching that watch the movie emily the criminal on netflix uh oh, it's okay. very good uh it's Is actually burglar? you know how i love lady burglar uh lady detective uh, not lady burglar it's it's uh aubrey plaza isn't it and it's really Ooh, really really oh. good who, who i love from who i watch. become a wild lotus uh, um white lotus. Um, white, lotus. white lotus 2 made me a fan i'm now an aubrey plaza fan after white Lotus. Which, uh, fleischman is in trouble i don't know if you like that or not i like that. i actually was looking that's on my radar as well i was kind of looking at that and it looked like something that i would like yeah, I think that's very good. And and and, was, and since you like the whole time travel thing, I also just watched that Ryan Reynolds movie, The Adam Project. It was great. Oh, okay, okay. And then I was thinking about like throwing only murders in the building in the mix as well. Do that. I just watched. Do that. all yeah, those things and not Punky Brewster. And you know, Jason, do you know what I almost started watching? What on the plane? What. They had season one of The Good Place, and I almost watched it. So Did that might go on my list. Oh, please watch, I need to watch that. that. Please. I haven't watched it either. It is my favorite show of all time. Hmm. All right. Yes. Because that's one of the things about taking a, a, a trans, a, a trans, what do you call it, a transatlantic flight or whatever flight, is they hook you on seasons of shows easily because you've got nothing else to do. Well, and, and you know, once again on planes, I get insomnia too. So that's all I do is watch TV. 
Anywho, so where were Back we? Movie. <laughs> so so we go into the past. Oh, okay. So we're so the the ghosts are working with Peter, and now they go into his past, and they see him as a little child on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and they're opening opening gifts and things like that. But then they're somewhere. Where are they? Where they're playing with Legos. Oh, that's at the community center. Oh. So, so yeah, uh, like Peter's grandfather um, had opened this community center, which in present day is now shut down. But uh, like in the past, so, so we see uh, like a little boy, Peter, uh, and he gets these Legos and he's playing. And there's some like poor kid that works for the grand, uh, his dad works for the grandfather. And so Peter takes the boy and they're playing with Legos. And then Peter gets called away to dinner. So Peter says the boy like, oh, you know, you keep playing. You can have them. Like, I've got plenty of toys. And, you know, he's like six at the time. And yeah. his dad scolds him. He's like, we just bought those for you. And the dad was a dick. And then the grandfather was like, no, just give him away. Like, the grandfather was like on Peter's page. was like, no, just give him away. You know, he has less than you do. Yeah. This movie is very preachy about, about wealth, which I found surprising for a Hallmark movie. Right. But it was preachy, but it wasn't like wealth is bad. It was. It was just sort of il- illustrating. Yeah, it was sort of illustrating how, like, you know, th- there's there's two sides to what wealth can do. Right. Right. It was equal right. distribution of wealth. Which I like that, though, because it wasn't like wealth is evil. It's like be responsible with your wealth and you can do good things with it and help people. Yeah. And so after all this goes down, uh, Arlene, all right, yeah, they're with Arlene, right? Goes to Christmas past. Yeah. Arlene, out of the corner of her eye, clocks a picture of Catherine sitting on the table. And again, this is from Peter's childhood. Clocks Freaky. a picture of Catherine and immediately gets them the hell out of there. Which for me, that sparked my interest in a good way because I was like, okay, so what the, like, what is going on? Yeah. And it was so, one thing I love about this movie was it was not, it it was kind of predictable, but at the same time, not predictable. Cause I'm like, how are they going to explain this? Mm-hmm. Like how, what's going to be the explanation for this? Yeah. And then by the way, Catherine didn't like Catherine, part of being a ghost is you couldn't remember what happened. Yeah. You so couldn't she, remember how you died. So she knew she, where she was from, but she didn't know how she died. And so uh, they get out of there, and then we go to another point in his past. We le- learn that his family would spend Christmas Day on this carousel just riding around. They must have bought that carousel because they've used it, like they're using carousels in a couple of Hallmark movies now. Like yes. maybe they they have to like justify the expense of owning a carousel, right. <laughs> so they just wheel it out every couple of movies. Right. And they're like, they're like, damn it, that carousel is going in this movie. We're on a budget. All right. Um, I'm sorry, I'm writing notes. Oh, so oh, while they're on the carousel, Dad gets a call. Um, and he's like, you know, sorry, I, I've got to go do some work. So they and and we find out that like his dad's been doing this more and more. And we find out that by the the next year at this time, mom and dad are divorced. They use the word. The word. And dad, like, dad isn't there. So it's just, uh, and grandpa's dead by this point. I see dead people. Divorce, so, death. Times are grim. Yeah. She gets remarried. 
Yeah, she gets remarried within a year and has another kid. Right. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Um, Hallmark. So Dude, it's a it's a new it's a new day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Mom moves you right on. You got socialism. You got divorce. You got death. You got remarried kids outside of the original wedlock. Oy vey. Um, they're like you can. You, they're like you can gladly. You can gladly. You can go to GAC <laughs> if you want, but if you stay here, welcome to welcome to the new welcome to the wild wild west. And so then they cut to a teenage Peter, and we find out that, like, he's trying to fill this sort of loneliness he feels by not connecting to, like, his stepdad and his uh, stepsister by, like, tr- like chasing after this girl named Rachel. And he was, like, in love with her, but she wasn't really into it. And so that's kind of a red herring because you think, like, oh, maybe, like, he's going to try and win her back because they-, they do bring her back later in the movie. Right. Um, then yeah, we're that much happens there. Then we're cutting to a young Peter at his dad's offices, and they make a reference to that Susan Crane from earlier in the movie. Um, and finds that we find out that the dad is like a huge fan of Susan Crane, like loves her. Right. Um, and the dad seem, seemingly loves nothing other than money. So the fact that like he's got this other thing that he likes, like that's going to be useful later. Susan uh, Crane looked like Mercedes Rule a little bit. She did, yeah. She did actually. I th- I actually thought it was her, for like for like a split second. Was it? Should we? Did we no. look it up? Okay. No, I don't think it was. No. Okay. Shall we check? I don't think <laughs> it was her, but Google. I did. A, I, I may have told this story before, but I did a I did a, a children's theater show in Manhattan. Years With Mercedes ago. Rule? No, no. She, Mercedes Rule showed up. Oh. She came to the audience. Oh, sorry. This was all impressed, and now she's in the <laughs> audience. Doesn't care. <laughs> anyway, she threw off the other actors on the. They, they were they were freaked out because Oscar winner Mercedes Rule and probably Tony winner too. I think. And did she say everybody wants Tony? Remember when she was in the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? Because she was in the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, married to the mom. Oh. And her husband was named Tony, and like, and Tony was after Michelle Pfeiffer, who wanted nothing to do with him. And Mercedes Rule's like, "You want Tony? Everybody wants Tony." That's cool. No, she was in the Fisher King. She she was, she was great in that movie, which I've never seen. Oh, that's watch that instead of Punky Brewster. Yes. That is a good movie. Start a, start a note no, in your like phone, and anytime we I, make I recommendations will. of good things yeah. to watch, you should put that in the note. Okay. And anytime okay. you get Jason. the urge to watch another soap or another reality show or another reboot, which is not going to be good, you go back to that note. The Fisher King. But, uh, <laughs> Jason, don't you agree that Les would, would, would really like the Fisher King? I don't I remember. I remember liking it when I saw it in the theater, but I remember nothing about that movie. Oh, okay. <gasps> Did you guys see? You know what I saw before I left the States? I, loved, I now get the commercial that Catherine O'Hara did with Kevin Hart. Where she's walking around the store going, Kevin, oh, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we had seen Home Alone 30 plus years ago. Well. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're in, you're in, in, you're in on the inside joke now. <laughs> yes. And the, the inside is better, better than Home Alone. So. The inside the joke way, involving the number one comedy of all I, time. I watched Home Alone again on the plane. Oh. Yeah, it's watch enough. that again. <laughs> no, you've seen that enough. That's fine. Better than pu- I've just tried to avoid a punky ba- Brewster di- a disaster. 
See, well, but you know, I'm going to end up watching Punky Brewster. Isn't Freddie Prince Jr. in the uh, Punky Brewster reboot? I think he is. Is he? Okay, see, now you just ruined it for Jason because now (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. is in it. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) I think he's in it. I think he's like her love interest. What? Well, she's like an adult. Huh? Yeah, she's an adult. They all grow up and has her own kid. Yeah, she's yeah, she's not like a little kid anymore. I don't think the old guy is in the show anymore. Well, yeah, I, I think George Gaines died a very long time ago. <laughs> okay. People have a little bit of shelf life. I remember him from Soap Dish. You guys yeah. seen Soap Dish? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. in I theaters did. years ago, yes. Yeah, yeah he, was the, doctor, he was the doctor in Soap Dish. That's the second reference we've, we've made to Soap Dish. This evening. It's one of my favorite movies, as you can imagine. Or this afternoon, depending on how, when you listen. They're, re- they're rebooting it, though. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. If you feel bad about them rebooting that, you should feel bad about them rebooting Punky Brewster. Okay. Just, see, now I want to watch Punky Brewster. <laughs> Every time you mention it, this is what advertising does. I've heard it now 50 I, times. Now I want to see I it. I actually know nothing about it. I'm just now on a mission to stop you from watching this. Like, I, I, I'm the ghost of Christmas. Don't watch crap. <laughs> don't want you should Punky you Brewster. should be the ghost of Christmas future and go into Les's future and you'll see him watching Punky Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> and we gotta stick with this movie, man. I gotta go to bed at some point. Okay, All right. I know, right. it, it's, yeah. For me, it's like t- it's two fifteen in the morning for me. Okay. Oh boy. Well, Are so- there other people in the lobby with you? Or? Yes, there is. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> So we're wondering in, what the hell is that guy doing talking to his phone? Oh, maybe you're ta- they think you're talking to a well, ghost like in this movie. It could be. Yeah. They don't speak English there, so you're that's so it works out for you. <laughs> so it works out for me. <laughs> well, anyway, okay, so you're in the UK, right? Yeah. You're in the UK right now, France. Okay, you're in the UK, right? Yeah. No, I'm in the UK now. All right. So we're um, still in the past. Peter is regretting or like it has a moment where he's sort of regretting that he told his dad that he wants the company and they're start, like wondering like, oh, maybe this is the thing. Maybe like he shouldn't inherit the company because his dad's a dick and it's going to turn Peter into a dick. And that's what Peter's worried about. Um, and and that's so what we were all worried about, too, I think, because that's why I was like, oh, this is why they're getting to him because they're afraid he's going to be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter's uh, or so Catherine says, you know, maybe we're here to help him follow his true passion so he doesn't turn into a Scrooge. So she then takes Peter into Christmas present. Um, and Arlene is lamenting to Roy that Catherine almost saw that picture on the table. So again, we know this is like a big, this is going to reveal something. And this, this is the moment where I figured out the twist was when, when she, um, uh, Arlene said that to Roy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so we find out that Peter isn't going to be able to feed the homeless anymore because his dad's pissed that he's given away food from the company grocery store. Um, we find out that, it, you know, as much as the story is, is that grandpa built up his business. Grandpa was really bad with money, just gave everything away. And it was really Peter, the one that sort of righted the ship, which is why Peter's so greedy. Um, and Grandpa really wanted to turn the entire block into a giant community center. Uh, uh-huh. So they wanted they wanted like, this free music venue. Um, but Dad, Dick Dad uh, Robert, wants to actually turn the Rudy Tootie Bar that hasn't been open for decades into a warehouse. Yes. So he's ahead of his time, kind of. I guess. 
Uh, oh, sorry. I'm typing notes here. Hold on. All right. So where are we? Let me see if I catch up, see where I'm in my notes here. Yeah, I have their own the office. Yeah, we covered that. Then we go back to heaven. Well, because he, because doesn't he, like, they finished with him, right? No, we're still, we're still in Christmas present. There's still quite a oh, bit. Okay. Oh, oh. Uh, Peter's asking Catherine about her past. And she, you know, she lets him know, that, like, I, I don't really know how we die. Uh, but we find out that his grandma passed away when he was, was young. So he didn't really know her. Um, and then, like, Peter, out of, sort of out of the blue, tries asking Catherine out, well, which you know, doesn't make sense because he's a human shot. and she's not. Well, he's a, what? He's a human. Hot, though. He's human she and she's not. Ghost. No, she's attractive, <laughs> and they clearly had a connection, but it, was, it, it didn't really – I don't know how that would have made sense in the math in his head to ask her out. Well, okay, to be truth be told though, at this point, I know the I know how Hallmark goes with, you know, and I was wondering how are they gonna pull this one off? So I was thinking the same thing. Well, there was that famous scene in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd uh, has that dream about the ghosts. But remember, at the end of the day, this is still a Hallmark movie. And so there is a goal to every Hallmark movie. And I was wondering, how are they going to achieve this goal in this Hallmark movie? I knew they were going to find a way to get the two of them together. And as I said, I I was pretty sure I figured out the twist. But even if what I thought was the twist wasn't the twist, there was going to be some way that they, they got together. Like, because I was wondering, I was like, was it going to be, did you ever see that movie with Daryl Hannah in it and Beverly D'Angelo and they went to this, they were like in Scotland? High Spirits? Yeah, yeah. I, you know how that ended. I was wondering if it was going to end like how High Spirits ended and then, you know, Dar- like it was going to be like how Daryl Hannah ended up in the body of Beverly D'Angelo, but she looked like, Dar- she didn't look like Beverly D'Angelo anymore. She looked like Daryl Hannah now. I think Peter O'Toole was in that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. But you know the part I'm talking about where, where she fell off the building it. and she became Beverly D'Angelo? Never saw it. And then Beverly D'Angelo became a ghost. I know it exists. Yeah, same. But I never saw it. Well, anyway, so that is a movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that one. Was that like the late 80s? <laughs> did you ever see that's another movie um did you ever see vibes of course i did do, do you, cindy lopper have you met me have you met I me of course vibes. i saw the movie cindy lopper was in it of course i saw that movie in the theater cindy lopper and jeff You're, goldblum and peter yes. falk yeah and she said like, i got a down. hole in my heart that gets all the way to china it's hard to figure you out so you just never saw Home Alone, but you saw Vibes and High Spirits. Of course, I paid money to go to the theater and see Vibes. Both of those make sense for less, though, to, to have seen when they came out. Yeah. It did come to and, mind. And that was when I was like a Cindy Lauper fanatic back in the day. Fana- I, like, I liked Cindy Lauper more than Madonna back in the day. Oh. I know, right? Anyway... 
So, so, so there we realize that Peter is sort of distant from his mom as well because he he kind of feels like he makes things complicated by you know when you're when you're the the firstborn and then mom gets remarried has a new kid you kind of feel cast aside a little bit and that's kind of how he felt um right and then like they're like peter and catherine are talking she's telling him like hey you don't remember how you die and they're talking some more you could tell that they're like almost on the verge of a kiss and it's kind of cock block because they're immediately snapped back to uh where uh arlene and roy are and they're right. like, yeah, you, uh, he must have learned his lesson. But they're acting real weird about it. And the thing is, though, the funny thing is, is all of that actually, the way that they set it up was plausible that he could have learned a lesson. It was totally plausible. Absolutely, yeah. And so that both uh, Peter and Catherine are trying to make the case to Roy and Arlene. They're like, actually, I haven't learned my lesson yet. I need more Christmas magic. So like, all right, you can go back to learning about Christmas present. Um, and then they're on the dumb carousel again, and they're debating destiny versus making choices. And then they jump she elsewhere heard. to like this Christmas tree in the middle of town that Peter goes to when he's sad or like feeling lonely. And he ends up running into the, that chick, Rachel from his right. youth and finds yes. out she's separated and she's very, and very attractive. <laughs> she's there with her kid. Yes. Yeah. And then for a split second, I was like, mm, and then I had to do like a little math and I was like, oh, okay, now that didn't, that's not possible. Yeah. That's not possible. <laughs> that's not possible. This trail has been closed for eight years. It's extremely dangerous. <laughs> I want to make merch and have that be on like a, like a ranger jacket. <laughs> I think I, presented an argument before that i, I think that i think that is a good actress because she enunciated we hear what she's saying the dialogue comes across it's not There's acting no though that's just voiceover work <laughs> marlon brando did so much mumbling and mumbling everybody thought he was a great actor this woman <laughs> enunciates every single syllable. so you're okay. saying that the, the park ranger is a better actor than Marlon Brando. Am I hearing this How correctly? How dare you, Kurt? Well, that's not what I said, but I think if they do a remake of Streetcar Named Desire, they should get the park ranger in there, too. I, I, want, I, want a whole ca- <laughs> yeah, I want a whole cast of people from the park ranger school of acting just here. Stella. 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 And, and you walk away from that, and who is she talking about? Stella. As you understand... You understand after you heard that the clear and crisp enunciation. The, I just pictured the poster. The park ranger is Blanche. I always, I always relied on the kindness of strangers. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. That's not possible. The, 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 the trail's been closed for, for seven weeks. And all, all of them. <laughs> all right. So then what happened? <laughs> so Peter, like, right. he basically says, like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the, my dad the truth that I don't want the company anymore. And he, like, shoots up out of bed in the middle of the night 
calls and he leaves his dad kind of a nasty voicemail, basically saying yeah, yeah, like, it was, it was pretty harsh for Hallmark. He basically said like, you know, in all too many words, he in so many words, he said, you're greedy and I don't want to be this way and I don't want to be a part of the company. Also, Merry Christmas. Yeah, as we said, right. Merry Christmas. Listen, fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of you. Yeah, mom's fucking someone else. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and, then, then, and then this is the part where they're like, oh, it's oh, like, okay, lesson learned. <laughs> like, damn, geez, Hallmark. So we're back at the hall that's got all the doors to all the cities and stuff. And that that person, Charlie, that that gave them the book telling them that they were going to be dealing with Peter is there. And they're talking. And Charlie and the three ghosts realize they've been scrooging the wrong person because uh, Peter's dad is Robert Peter Barron. And I guess there was some confusion that they thought that Robert went by the name Peter. And so they were matched with the wrong guy. So they're supposed to be like visiting the dad. Right. Which, which I love this part though. Cause I'm like, okay, heaven makes mistakes. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Uh, and I, and in this moment, Arlene fucking threatens Charlie with physical violence. And it, I was here for it. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> She threatened to like ch- take Charlie and just b- bash her head into the table. <laughs> Again, whole new hallmark. Her lady's great. <laughs> but then too, but then too, Charlie was like, "Okay, we made this mistake. Okay, you guys have to deal with it and fix it. Even though we made the mistake, you got to fix it." Yeah, and basically they they uh, they get him. Because I, I think they're supposed to finish the the scrooging uh, by sunrise, and they get them right. another nine hours so they they can do it at night. But they somehow can't set it up where they uh, where Robert will be able to see them like they're he's supposed to, and they're not going to be able to guide him. So the only way they can get to Robert is by having Peter do the work, essentially. Right. Right. I looked up the woman that were uh, okay. The actress, what's the role? She's Arlene. She's playing in this Arlene. Yeah, okay. Her name is Lori Tan Chin. She's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. She was in her first credit role is 1982. Author, author. She played Miss. Oh my Lee. God. She was in She Remember that with a. Uh, I do. Roseanne Barr. She was in What About another Bob? movie that I saw in the theater. Okay. She was in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. But she's probably these days known for not only Orange is the New Black, but she's also in Aquafina is Oh, yes. She's Aquafina's grandmother. grandmother. Okay, okay, okay. Which is another show that I've been hearing. People are telling me that I would like that show. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. So that's on the list, too. Aquafina's on the list now, too. Before I watch Punky Brewster. I gotta watch Aquafina first. Thank you. Looks like she was on... Broadway for a period of time. Uh, she oh. was Madam Butterfly in the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, wow. With B.D. Wong. Who is also on Aquafina's yeah. from Queens. Wow. Well, then so I... She played, yeah, it looks like she played small roles. She played Comrade Chin, Suzuki, and Shu Fan. So I don't... I guess all this... I don't... I guess she played all those, those characters at once. So maybe she's like part of the ensemble. But yeah, it looks like she's been a working actress for a while. She was in Ransom, Mickey Blue Eyes. Yeah. 
Good for her. She has a she has a cool haircut. I love her haircut. Looks like there's gaps, so she wasn't working all the time. I think now she should be working all the time. Well, she's a jobbing actor. That happens sometimes. Yeah, she probably has like another gig on the side. Yeah, she's doing Aquafina's door from Queen. She's still doing it. Yeah, she's doing that. Yeah, yeah. So she's got some study work now. Yeah. So yeah. Right. And now that she's a part of the Hallmark family and did a good job, we might see her pop up, you know. Maybe. All over the place. Now that we want, now that Hallmark is di- diversifying, we, we may see her, her more. So yeah. let's get back into the movies. We are getting sidetracked left and right today. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like the movie. It's all over the place. Um, they, they basically, Catherine shows up to Robert, who thinks that, like, oh, the ghosts are done with their work. I know what I'm going to be doing. He's in a really good mood. Uh, and she basically downloads him on like what like what happened and like hey we need your help and Robert is not really having it he's like I, I can't help you with my dad right. um he just chewed him out yeah and, and so dad was a dick dad was, was a, a dick. dick yeah you dick yeah so yeah. then they they they're they're talking to Robert and they're trying to talk him to like what can you do like you've got to you've got to reach him you, there must be something that he loves and uh in this moment Catherine realize remembers that do, do they bring Robert along with them to visit Susan I think so I think they like cuz he I think so oh yeah, yeah. they do, they absolutely do okay yeah they so they they basically re- remember that uh, the dad loves Susan Crane from earlier in the movie, so they all go visit her. But Susan can only see Robert in this scene. But Robert right. basically says, you know, like, have you ever been visited by ghosts? And she's like, wait, what? I thought it was a dream. And they start talking. She's like, wait, are they here now? And so they get Susan on board real quick because Susan's got the spirit of Christmas coming out her butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I liked her little tchotchke Boy. that she had. Oh, those little angels or whatever? Yes. Yes. She's like, sometimes I just bring them with me just because. They make her happy. So, so yeah. Uh, they, they get Susan help, and they uh, Susan goes to... The, the dad has, like, a big Christmas party at his house. It's essentially, like, a business thing. Um and Susan shows up at his house, and he's never met her personally. And she's like, your son Robert told me what a fan you are. And, like, she just basically lays it on thick. Like, I want, I love singing at Christmas parties. I would love to sing at yours. And because he's a fan, he's like, yeah, okay. So she's there trying to, like, facilitate. And she sings this song <laughs> that is just atrociously bad. Boy, this song. <laughs> It didn't resonate with me. No, so bad. Um, but he <laughs> loves it. My, my mind must have blocked it out. Yeah, he he loves the song, and and Susan is talking up Peter to Robert, basically trying to smooth things over. Um, and so then, uh, Robert Peter goes to talk to Robert, and they basically get in a fight, and Peter gets pissed and leaves. He's gonna bail on the mission, and then. Back at like home base, Catherine is having a big meltdown because this isn't going right. And Arlene blurts out, "It's not about him." And then she <laughs> takes she takes Catherine uh, to Peter and takes 
and they she takes her her and Peter back into the past again, and we're back at the Rudy Tootie, and she she's saying like, and they get there, but it looks like it's the fifties, and Catherine's like, why are we here? This is like my past, and uh, Arlene says it's Peter's too. So we're going to start finding out how they're connected exactly. Because then I was like, okay, what the hell, what are we doing? Like, this is when my mind was like, okay, how are they going to fix this? Yeah. And then they're going to be really good or really bad. (laughs) And so every time they would show the person that was being Scrooge, like at the beginning it was Susan, then it was Peter, and then it was Robert. The screen would say the Scrooging of, and then the character's name. So now on screen comes up the Scrooging of Catherine Marley. So a nice little nod right. to the original book that she, her last name is Marley. And you find out the big twist to the movie is this was actually all about Catherine. This, they, yes. they weren't really there to save Peter or Robert. They were there all there. This is all orchestrated to save Catherine. It was a and, setup. Yeah. And so we find out that Peter's grandmother, Betsy, was Catherine's best friend back in the day. And... um she walks into this bar and this is back in the fifties or whenever it was. And the, the barkeep and, and Catherine know each other and he, they're talking about like all the big things she wants to do in the world. And she's like, yeah, I've got this new job, but it's not, you know, it's not what I see myself doing. I, I want to do something bigger in the world. And she's a big old goody goody, sort of like Peter's grandfather was. And, right. and they go into this store next door and we meet a young version of Peter's grandfather and Betsy's flirting with him, but he clearly, he and Catherine are, are much more aligned. Like, you think Grandpa and Catherine are, are going to get together. Um, yeah. And he gives Catherine a bunch of, like, old produce to, to give away to the, the homeless outside. And so she grabs, takes the fruit, she goes outside, and she's hit by a car. I see dead people. Right. Well, I, at a certain point, you know, I was kind of waiting to see, okay, how's she going to die? Mm-hmm. And at first, even when she was, when... When Catherine was walking with the grandmother, you know, the younger grandmother, I saw it's like someone's walking behind them. I was like, is she going to be murdered? Now, is this the first time that we've seen death on Hallmark, like an actual death? I think it's the first time where the, like, the, there's death of the main character, for sure. Right. <laughs> and granted, you know she's dead because the entire premise relies on it but it was still a little bit shocking that they actually like let us know how it happened and we we don't see it on screen you don't see the car but you hear it and if you notice in the sound design of this movie it was not a loud crash it was kind of they they like basically had the discussion and said okay we need to relay that her character's dead but we don't want the the death to sound too terribly violent because that's not a fun movie but then right. you assume yeah. that the car just slowly, slowly backed <laughs> up over her head. And <laughs> so you say it was actually more violent because it was just it, like they they yeah. run over her head and then they're like, oh, no, what just happened? And then they back up over her head again. Yeah. And so it's yes. like going yeah. back and forth a few times. Yeah. Because how else can you make a, a, a such a low volume impact? <laughs> And, and, like, at that point, then her moans are just kind of faint. They're just kind of like, oh, no. Oh. Right. Well, it's hard to moan when it, your head's been run over twice. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah. Couldn't, can't hear that too well, especially yeah. if the door's closed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and like, you know, his 50s probably had like a nice AM radio in there that, that he was blasting. He was probably right. listening to Susan Crane's song. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would. That's a white noise. That, that, that'd be fucked up if that's the way Catherine died because this guy was blasting Susan Crane's terrible song and he just swerved the off 50s. the road. Slowly Man. swerved off the road, though. Cruel and unusual. Yeah. So, um, unusual. Uh, <laughs> like we cut to a year later. Oh, and we also find out that she died on Christmas, and that's how all the ghosts die. Is they all all have died on Christmas? That's kind of dark. Oh yeah, that yeah. is dark. Uh, that is dark. Yeah. And yeah, so, but if I was a ghost, I wouldn't mind because I, I would have to die on Christmas in order to be one of these like ghosts of Christmas past and all that but they only work that one week huh? out of the year really yeah that's it that's all they oh. work. well they do research for for, uh, for a year yeah then, but they they, they, they don't even need to google they can listen to our podcast as we stop and google things right we can help exactly yeah. okay anyway um so it's it's a year later and we cut to uh, uh there's a memorial for Catherine. And Betsy's there speaking. We find out that Betsy and and the grandpa are now married, um, and they so they announce to everyone at the Rudy Tootie, "Hey, we've bought some land around here, and then we're going to be building a community center in Kat, Catherine's honor." And and Betsy like gives this nice speech about it, and then puts this letter in a, a picture frame with Catherine's photo. It's that photo that we saw earlier in the movie. But it's you know we're in the past now. Uh, and so this letter's in, in, in this frame. Yes. And, and we find out that they're having a baby, which we will find out is, is Robert. So. She's having a baby. Yeah. So Peter basically goes to his dad because he's got this. They go and they find the letter in the attic where all the stuff is stored from the, the closing in the community center in present day. And Peter finds the letter and reads it. And basically goes to his dad and gives a really nice speech to his dad about like, hey, I know you think that, uh, you know, I think grandpa could do no wrong, but I also idolized you and I don't want to work for you. I want to do this. I want to follow out grandma and grandpa's dream, gives dad the letter and dad reads it and find out that finds out that like, oh, I was, you know, part of the reason why they started is because is they wanted to leave something nice for me and I've kind of fucked it up. So then and, we're, oh, go ahead, Les. I don't know. It's like, it's like, and that was the that was the hallmark moment. Yeah. So then that that happens, like you know, Dad's heart kind of melts. Then Peter pours his heart out to Catherine because he knows that like their mission's basically done, and thinks that you know Catherine's going to be leaving. So he basically tells her like, I I realized through knowing you that I could love you or someone like you. And so I'm never going to settle again, um, which is kind of harsh if you think about the fact that we, we've, we've met Rachel and she seemed perfectly nice, but he basically refers to that as settling. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, then, Rachel. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather be with a dead woman than be with you. A dead woman <laughs> who was slowly, very, very slowly and painfully run over by a car multiple times. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Her head. 
Is she prettier than me? Well, she, her head was run over about twice. <laughs> I mean, there were there were brains everywhere. Yeah. Right. She's got a good personality, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we get to the end of the movie, and you realize we've actually never visited Christmas future in this movie. And Roy says, actually, like, uh, Catherine, this, is, this was all about you. Um, uh, you know, I've got to show you Christmas future. And Arlene says, Catherine can't. And so Catherine starts, like, imagining herself with Peter. And she's like, well, I can't do that. That's not actually going to happen. And Arlene's oh. like, hey, um, it, you can't picture it if it's not actually real or going to become real. So maybe it's going to become real. And... Then, like, lets it be known to Catherine, hey, if you haven't figured it out, dumbass, you've been the assignment the entire time. Like, actually yes. calls the game that we, the audience, have, have learned a little bit earlier in the movie. And they they basically have all been working behind the scenes for, like, years to figure out a way to do this because they want to get the souls in the right place together because she and Peter are actually soul mates. Woo. Yeah. Yes. A lot of exposition in this movie. But it's, no, that's a good explanation because yeah. it's, it's... Yeah, uh, it was really lovely. Oh. Um, so we cut to Catherine and Peter, and, and, and they're in the Rudy Tootie. It's present day now. And, and she's dressed very, very modern day. And they, he, she walks in, and he's like, oh, do I know you? And they're acting like they don't know each other, but they're just sort of being playful and flirty. We find out that they really do. You don't know me. Yeah. Oh. They could have started singing that song. It would have been better than the other fucking song. <laughs> and so now we're at the opening of the new community center. So they basically converted the Rudy Tootie into the new community center, um, and it's going to be dedicated to Betsy the grandmother, uh, Peter, Robert made nice and Robert thanks Peter and Susan is singing her bad song. Again, <laughs> same song. It's the yes. same fucking song. They only oh, got rights to one terrible song and they kiss the end. The end. She's like, she's like Nina with 99 left balloons. She just has that one song. <laughs> In this case, it was a one shit wonder. You know what I'm saying? I liked I liked it though. I liked how they wrapped it all up because I was just like, "How is she gonna stop being dead?" Now she's alive. She has no ID, no birth certificate. How's that gonna work? I yeah, like I would yeah. Because I was wondering, like, now can she get pregnant? Not without. I mean, it's Christmas magic. I guess so. So it was like, you know, it it was like the ending of like High Spirits or like Xanadu at the end of Xanadu when like, you know, Olivia Newton-John showed up as the waitress. I never saw Xanadu. You never saw Xanadu? Jason? I have seen it, but I don't remember it. I saw it at at a, I, I saw it at like a movie night of, maybe 10 years ago and I fell asleep. So I don't really remember it. I think I well, may yeah. have seen it like on cable. I, I, I didn't, I had no interest in seeing it. I remember it. I remember when it was on cable, like okay. years ago, but I don't think I watched it. Now I've seen Xanadu a million times. Well, the, and it was like, 
<laughs> the movie Xanadu. So there in West Hollywood, there used to be a very famous roller rink in the seventies uh, that were, it was like a, a hot spot. Like uh, like big celebrities would go there. Um, and I forget the name of it, but that that famous roller rink is now a the CVS that I regularly go to. That I that we all regularly yeah. go to. <laughs> it's a giant CVS. But as soon as I found out that it used to be a roller rink, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Why it's such a big space and why it's set up now, the way it's set up. In, how long have you lived in LA, Jason? LA, almost 28 years. Because before it was at CVS, it was the Esprit yeah, store. It was, an, it was an Esprit uh, outlet store. <laughs> and it was the Esprit store for years. My my aunt, I used to. My aunt and uncle and my cousins used to live up in Valencia, which is like just north of LA. And my aunt was telling me that one time, and this is like back then when that the Esprit store was still open, that uh, they were like driving to go to the Esprit store. And didn't realize that it was Pride Weekend. <laughs> so they're like driving oh. and like can't get into the city and they couldn't figure out why it was so crowded around that area. Because that that uh, intersection where that CVS is or the Esprit store is, is one of the busiest. It's actually where my work is. Too. It's one of the busiest intersections in Los Angeles. Um, and for Pride, it's where all the cameras oh. are set up for, for filming the parade and stuff. The cameras, the protesters. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the main corner. That's funny. I love it, though. We're going to come from Valencia to go to the Esprit store. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Esprit, I guess I should... It's 2.30 in the morning for me. Oh, God, it's 2.45, so I guess I should go to bed. It's 9.45 here. 9.45 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Well... This is our last show of the year. It's a, I know. I know. The next time I see both of you, it's going to be 2023. Wow. And, and my it. New Year's resolution for this podcast is this is the year that we're going to get advertisers. 2023. Yeah, it. It's going to be this is going to be the year for ad, the advertiser. OK, I guess so, it won't be a little Caesar. <laughs> pizza, pizza, bitch. <laughs> pizza Hut, maybe a local pizza place. <laughs> right. You know. Uncle Floyd um, used to walk around and, and knock on doors, saying, you know, "Hey, Uncle go some advertising." Uh, see, Jason. You I know don't Uncle Floyd is right now. Uh, well, I know there, like? there are listeners out there who love Uncle Floyd. Uncle Floyd was um, he's a big. He had his own. He had his own TV show, but it was it was shown in New York and New Jersey and probably Philly area. Like Robin Bird? No. It was like a PBS. No, I do know what that is, but no. I'm Facebook um, friends with her. Really? What? I'm Facebook friends with Robin Bird. <gasps> I love Robin Bird. Yeah, me too. Well, how do you know who Robin Bird is? She was East Coast. So, well, I grew up in the East Coast, and I actually didn't know who you know she know was from back then, but I, I learned about her because Sherry O'Terry played her on SNL once in a hilarious <laughs> sketch. <laughs> Okay. No, Uncle Floyd, there's the Uncle Floyd show. Okay. So he had a show. It was on, I think it may, may have came out. Oh, it came out of like a, out of, out of like a PBS station. I don't remember. It may have been channel nine. It was, it was a PBS station, in like North Jersey. So, so New York knows Uncle Floyd and like Philly, New Jersey, they know Uncle Floyd 
very well. Like, and what was his thing? Like, he had like it was a comedy show. He did he like played the piano, so it was a little bit old school. It was like a, it was almost like a vaudeville kind of thing. So he played the piano. He had puppets. He would do sketches, sketch comedy. And he would have musical guests would come on, like the Ramones. Cindy uh, Lauper oh came on when she was like in a. Is this there is a I'm, there's a character Billy Crystal used to do on SNL, where he was. He used to do. He used to do. Used to do uh, Jolly Joe Timmer. Uh, Joe Franklin. Oh, Joe Franklin. Do, okay. Joe Franklin was another New York guy. Okay. Yeah. I met Joe Franklin. I was in his office one time. Yeah, I, I knew who Joe Franklin, Franklin was at the yeah. time, but yeah, I, I don't know Uncle Floyd. Yeah. Sorry. Uncle Floyd. Well, you know, there are people listening to this like, we love Uncle Floyd. <laughs> David, right. David Bowie has a song where he mentions Uncle Floyd. Really? I yes. bet it's better than the Uncle fucking song Floyd. in this movie. And Floyd Vivino, his real, his, his real name was Floyd Vivino, and his brother, maybe his two brothers were are in we're in Conan O'Brien's band. Oh. oh. Oh, Jimmy Vivino. Yeah. That's his brother. Yeah, Jimmy went after Max Weinberg left the the TBS show, Jimmy Vivino took over as the lead. Oh yeah. Well, all I know is they're playing Dua Lipa in this lobby. Okay. Anyway. Well, we probably can't afford the rights to that, so we should wrap up less. Well, if it. you want to find me you can find me on uh, at my website, uh, lesskirkendallbarrett.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Kirkendall or on Facebook at Kirkendall Barrett Presentations. Jason. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to uh, uh, us on your podcasting platforms. Give us five stars. It helps more people find us. You can find us all on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, sorry, Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. And I'm doing murder mystery dinner theater shows all over the the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. And of course, beginning of March, I'll be doing my one-man show, The Jester of All Maladies. And as we go into the new year, I'll be on the Shelf Shedding movie show once again with Jason Debray, and we will be taking over Siskel and Ebert doing um, If We Pick the Oscars. So I'll be watching a lot of movies in the new year. Okay. And... Yes. Oh, sorry about that. And, oh, because I was, was going to say, and in two weeks, I am going to be in Orlando, Florida, doing my show, The Real Black Swan, at the uh, Orlando Mini Winter, uh, the Orlando Fringe Mini Winter Fest. And you could go to OrlandoFringe.org to find out more about that. Well, you guys, Happy New Year. I can't believe that we are like at the end of another year. Happy New Year. I, I do both have fun plans for New Year's Eve. Fairly low key. I've, got, I've got things like every night, but they're all kind of low key. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, have fun. And when I talk to y'all next week, it'll be I, a new year. I was invited to a New Year's Eve party. So I am going to go. It's in well, Pennsylvania somewhere. That's good. That's so good. You know, guys, it's good, Kurt. You're getting out of the house. We, we, <laughs> You're stepping we want, out the door. We want a full report. <laughs> good for you. I, I just I'll like the vagueness report. of it's in Pennsylvania somewhere. somewhere. I don't remember. I was told the town. I don't know. I never recognized. The, don't recognize the town. Okay. 
but it's about okay. an hour away okay. from where I'm right now. Oh, okay. Well, mystery is good. So give us a full report next week. <laughs> That, that was the last we heard from him. Well, what did he say? He was in some, some, some town. He couldn't say but what But think about it, though. Think about what? it, though. This podcast yeah. can be evidence if you, like, go missing. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this, could, so. this could be like a time stamp. What's terrible is we've given Kurt's uh, cap, captors uh, a, a good way to kill him off by slowly running over him back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hey, I don't think that's necessary. I, I don't either. <laughs> it's our own fault. You know what this means? That Jason, this means the next Christmas, Kurt's going to haunt us. <laughs> yeah, after that, I think I will. All, all I know is somebody just went and bought a, a black hoodie to ghosts. off Kurt. What's that? Somebody just bought a black hoodie to off you. Right. Right. I might, I might haunt a chocolate cake. I'll be the first. You know, some, some ghosts haunt houses. I'll be the first <laughs> Haunts a cake. <laughs> so would it be like Annabelle? So instead of a doll, it'll be like a cake. I haunt a cake, and if you put a fork in me, I'm not going to be too happy. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, I should go to bed. So happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Bye. Bye. Bye.